Welcome to the Providence Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you'd like to stay connected, download our app Providence Community from your phone's app store or visit our website at providencecommunity.org. Well, just one more time, guys. I do want to welcome you. Uh, my name is Nathan. I'm, I'm the lead pastor here at Providence. And just uh, if you're new friends of ours or old friends, uh, I just want to say to you that you're more than welcome. And we're glad that you're here. Uh, with us tonight and just pray that, that tonight is, is maybe like the, the capstone of your uh, Christmas celebration that we're just releasing you into uh, tomorrow when we, uh, when we really celebrate together. I, I want to share a little bit uh, with, with you this evening, though, a few things that God's put on my heart. Um, I didn't have, I wasn't planning on saying this, but God's been, you know, when the Bible says revelation, when Jesus is speaking to the church and, and he says to the church, he says, um, he tells the church, you know, you've forgotten your first love. So you need to go do the things you did at first. Do you remember that? I think what, what God wants in his bride again, and even on Christmas, like we can't use presents and saying, oh, this is to help us remember Jesus, right? Uh, we can't use that as a cover-up for an empty soul. Um, and uh, so what I pray the most on us tonight is that we will be lovesick for Jesus again. That is my real prayer. That's what I want to speak to a little bit tonight. But I was remembering when I was 16 and 17 years old, um, you guys want to hear a little testimony before I open the Bible, right? A little testimony. When I was 16, 17 years old, guys, <laughs> I, I was a mess uh, in, in the greatest possible way. I wasn't a mess because I was out dealing drugs. I wasn't using drugs. I've never touched a cigarette to my, uh, to my lips, and I've never kissed the lips of anyone else besides my wife, all right? That is the honest truth. I wasn't dating around even though I had lots of different opportunities, all right? Just keeping it real. <laughs> Uh, so, so honesty is fun. Um, but uh, but I, I remember, you know what I was? I was a mess in this way, that even as a senior in high school, I didn't even care about having my driver's license. I rode the bus with the freshmen, and I used to be so stoked to go home and read my Bible. I know that I'm sounding like a, a, a nerd of the highest order, all right? But I would be so excited to go home and read my, my Bible. I read my Bible so intensely that it was stained with tears and the whole New Testament fell out of it. I, I, I was so into just hanging out with Jesus that I would forget to eat. My mom and my brother, Philip, uh, who, he did a good job tonight, come on, right? Uh, the, uh, they would be yelling at me from the dinner table saying, Nathan, are you gonna come eat with us? Nathan, it sounds like you're crying, you're okay. I, I'd just yell back, just hanging out with Jesus. I forgot that there was such a thing as food. <laughs> and I think that that is, uh, somebody told me, he, uh, he said, a mentor in my life, he said, that is the foundation of your ministry, Nathan. Going to the Moody Bible Institute and getting a bachelor's and pastoral studies and then going to Lancaster Bible College and getting a master's and whatever I got a master's in, graduating with this or with that, getting whatever kind of this or that I have behind my name. That is not the foundation of anything foundation of my ministry is that at, from my youth, I've run after Jesus with all of my heart. And God's, God's saying, remember your first love. Remember your first love. Christmas Eve is the best time all year to run back to your first love and get, get lovesick again. Lovesick again. Guys, as I was praying about what to speak to you tonight, um, it's, it's, the, it's the most simple word that I can share with you. 
Um, it is, I just kept hearing God say, tell these people that I love them. Tell them that I love them. I think that there's, in a, in a, a gathering this large, there has to, it, the reality has to be that some of you have had such difficult lives and you've been rejected and abused and hurt. Some of you have been so blessed that, that you have forgotten that there is a God that is better than every blessing and, and you've forgotten that there's a God who's greater than every curse. And I think that God just wants me to tell you that he loves you wildly, ridiculously. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. I felt God was screaming that in my ear. Christmas is, is a time where we celebrate Jesus came. But listen to this, guys. He came because the Father loves you. You hear this? I think so many of us, we can pass a test on what it is to be saved. We can pass a test on what it is to have Jesus' right, righteousness imputed to us at the cross, at salvation through faith. Uh, we can pass tests on, on the intricacies of salvation. But so many of us, we, we're literally doing life and we don't even know that we're loved. We don't believe that we're loved. We feel that we are the exception to the rule. And tonight, guys, I just wanna let you know that God loves you. He just loves you. He's not, a, you don't need to perform for him. He's not, he's not testing you. He's not putting you on the spot. He's not trying you in some way. He doesn't operate like that. If that's how you think about the Father, you just don't know his heart yet. He just loves you whether you deserve it, whether you're worth it, whether you feel like you're the worst person on the face of the planet, he just loves you because he just loves you. I wanna to talk to this, uh, this evening about the motivation behind the gift of Jesus. It's that uh, we, we celebrate that Jesus came. We call, we have a big word for that. We call it the incarnation where Jesus literally stepped off of heaven's throne. He stepped into time because he has always existed outside of it. <laughs> you know that Jesus wasn't born. He didn't start existing uh, at the incarnation in Bethlehem as he's put in the manger. He didn't start, he has always existed. This is when we celebrate that Jesus put, uh, uh, put on skin and came to us. This is what se uh, separates Jesus from everybody else. Everybody else is saying, are you good enough for me? Have you tried hard enough? Do I have all of your devotion? And here Jesus is coming to us, running to us, putting on skin, flesh, and bone. And I wanted to tell you this morning, that the, or this evening, I'm used to saying this morning, because I preach on Sunday mornings usually, uh, but the motivation behind the gift of Jesus is the love of the Father. The motivation behind the gift of Jesus given to the world it's the love of the Father. One of the most simple verses you could ever read in the Bible is John 3, 16. Almost everybody knows this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That was fine. Let's just keep going to verse 17 too. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And we talk about Jesus coming to save us, ultimately coming to die, and he did. And we need salvation. We need a payment for our sins that we can't conjure up on our own. We needed the payment of Jesus. I'm just telling you this evening, this Christmas Eve evening, that the reason Jesus came is because you are so loved. You are so loved. 
Jesus is telling this in the, in the context of this story in, in John chapter 3. Jesus is speaking this to a man named Nicodemus. He was, the, the, my, my version of the Bible says that he was a ruler of the Jews. He was, he had an intellect like no other. He knew stuff. If anybody knew about spiritual things or financial things or governmental things, it, it should have been Nicodemus. But Nicodemus, when Jesus is telling Nicodemus, can I just call him Nick? When Jesus is calling Nick, hey, my friend, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born again. Nick is like, that's impossible. What am I supposed to do? Like, I can't be born again. It's just, it's not, it's not even possible. And Jesus is like, Nick, you're a ruler of the Jews. You pretend to be a teacher of Israel. How do you not know the simplicity of what I'm saying? Here's, Nick, here's what it is. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. For God, can you, God, for God so, so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but everlasting life. I love this passage because it shows us uh, who the gift is. And the, and the gift is not a thing. We're going to get gifts tomorrow morning. I hope all of them remind us of Jesus. But the real gift of Christmas is Jesus. We get him. He's the treasure, right? Come on. He is the treasure. He is to be received. He wants to radically change our lives. He wants to so mess us up. We thought our lives were going here. That's when that was our treasure. Now Jesus is our treasure. We're like, you're the boss. What do you say? Capture my heart. Make me lovesick. Lead me in a direction I never imagined. Take me. And that is the gift. And that's what Jesus does when we let him into our lives. And the future we thought we had, he just blows the, the lid off. Let me speak to you here tonight that you think following Jesus is like put, putting chains on you. you, you and chaining yourself where you feel confined to a future that you don't want. Can I tell you that if you see Jesus like that, uh, that he wants to open your eyes to the reality that you already have chains on you. He wants to take them off. He, he wants to be a gift that sets you free. This is Jesus. So he is the gift. He's to be received. He's to be treasured. And then he's on mission. And do you know what his mission is? His mission is to reveal the Father. His mission is to bring life and salvation. Do you see this in this passage? Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This is what Jesus came to bring. He came to show us what real life is. Real life, the, the way it was intended to be, the, the way life was designed to be. Here's what life is. And, and for those of us who, who've never known Jesus and before the, the cross of Jesus, we can only look at that life and wish. But here Jesus has, has gone to purchase that life for us and give it to us. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So he wants to give us life and he wants to give us salvation. And this is wonderful. The gift of Jesus, the mission of Jesus, the Messiah, he has come to light us up with his life. And his salvation. I love that Jesus says when he's talking to, to people that are frustrated at him, religious people, they're frustrated at him that he's hanging out with ungodly degenerates and sinners. Jesus said, hey, you don't understand who I am. And you don't understand the mission that I'm, uh, that I'm on. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. The, the, the well, the healthy don't need a doctor but the sick. I came for the sick. That's why I've come. It's not the healthy you need a doctor. I'm the great physician. And I want to tell you that, that what was launching Jesus into time and space, 
What was launching Jesus into history? The reason Jesus allowed himself to put on flesh and bones and be, be born a baby and live a sinless life and die uh, a gruesome death on the cross and then be raised again. The reason he, he uh, that, that pleased him to do that was because you are very and extremely loved. This is the motivation behind the incarnation. Yes, Jesus came to be our gift. Yes, he came to give us everlasting life, not condemnation. He doesn't want us to perish. He wants to save the world through him. But what launched him into it all, God, you see this? God so loved the world that he gave. Jesus didn't drop into time and history accidentally. He was given the world. And this gift was a gift motivated by love. Have you ever received a gift that was so extraordinary? Maybe it was money. Maybe it was a car. Maybe it was something where somebody says, they toss you the keys to a car and they're like, it's in the driveway. It's a Lamborghini. Right? Well, it's a Range Rover. It's a, it's a fill in the blank. It's, it's something that blows your mind. Or, or maybe something that you, you never imagined that you could have, but the whole family pulls together to purchase it. They're like, here you go. It's a guitar. It's something you thought was so out of reach. But people in your life come together and they actually get that for you. And you say, you say, why would you do this? Why would you sacrifice for me? Why would you combine resources? Why would you not just take care of yourself? Why? Why would you do When you get blessed with something extreme, the natural question is why? And here when, when we see the treasure that Jesus is, and we say, God, why would you do this for us? It's, it's not because you and I have been so good that he just thought we deserved it. The Bible says while you were still dead in your sins, while you were still an enemy of God's, when you decided that you wanted what life offered more than you wanted what God offers, even then, Jesus died for the ungodly. So he's, he's not looking for you to perform for him. He wants your eyes to be popped open and awakened to the reality, listen to this, that you were just loved like it or not. He loves you because he loves you. That's how good the Father is. So many, we, we've received a gospel that says God's angry at you and you can kind of soothe his anger, but he's so holy that he'll never like you, he'll never want you. You can get into heaven by the skin of your teeth, but find a corner where you won't run into him. And that is not the gospel, my friends. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Do you know this? God wants you. God wants you. Deserve it or not, he wants you. Like it or not, he wants you. You were wanted by God. You were wanted by God. So many of us, we, we, we've strapped on what we call religion, but we don't really know the love of God that was sent his son into time, into history. I'm watching my daughter Grace and my son Ethan play basketball. Ethan's a seventh grader, and he's on the seventh and eighth grade team, but he's also so good that he made the ninth grade team, and he plays, plays about 60% of the time. He did his first reverse backdoor alley-oop dunk just the other day in my dreams. I, I'm, I'm dreaming about that. 
but he, he is playing on the ninth grade team and really tearing it up. But have you ever been to a game and you watch young boys and girls playing and you can see the ones that know that they're accepted on their team, whether they make a mistake or not? Have you ever seen those people? And they play with a freedom that you wish you had, right? And then you see other people that they're out on the court, sons and daughters, boys and girls, that they're out on the court and they're so scared to make a mistake because they've got a shameful, angry coach that is going to scold them should they do anything wrong, that they are chained to just playing it safe on the court and not really living into their full capacity. You ever seen that? I think so many of us, we only know that kind of like a life with, with, with God. I, I'm just afraid to make a mistake. I'm afraid he's going to hate me. Oh, why even bother? I'll just go do something else. Hey, guys, listen, the chains come off when the love of God comes on. Do you hear this? God loves you so much. He wants to set you free in life. He wants you to know, listen, it's, it's my love won't stop coming after you. I, I'm a pursuer. I come out, I'm a rescuer. I'm coming to your aid. I'm coming to your rescue. You're accepted in my house. You're free in my kingdom. This is the kind of God I am. I've paid for your redemption. I've paid for your inheritance. This is, like, you were adopted in, you were mine. This is, this is what God does. This is what God does. I want you to play, to, to play life with the freedom that should you fail, you're going to get applauded for, get up and keep going, son. Daughter, just be who you are. This is the Father's heart. This, and the problem that, that I, I've got to speak to tonight, just for a moment more, is that many of us know that God loves, but do not really believe that God loves me. Oh, man, it, it, when, when this chain finally breaks in this region, man, th th we're, we're going to be crazy. We're going to be living in Hanover and shopping in Walmart uh, and, and, and tar Target and whatnot, except not on Christmas Eve, though. I was in there today, and I almost got you know, knifed by a grandma. I'm telling you, like, it is crazy in there. It's worse, it's worse than uh, Black Friday, I'm telling you. But that when we get that God loves us and we, get, and, and we don't get our value and our worth from what people say about us, but from what the Father says about us, there's going to be mad, mad freedom, mad freedom. And this took a long time for me to believe. Uh, so, much of, uh, so much is in the way of this, guys. So much of what we've learned, even in the church, is in the way of this. And somehow we've, we've picked up baggage over the years, that something has gotten in the way. Something has been written on our heart in the place where you're loved, like it or not. That's what the Bible says. But something's been written on our heart that's gotten in the, in the way where we actually believe that we are and feel that we are and see ourselves as unlovable. Unlovable. And what's worse is that when that becomes spiritualized in church. Oh yeah, yeah, you're on yeah, you're on you're unlovable. You're you know, you're dirty rotten. I gave my life to Jesus when I was seven. I've been chasing him since that time, not perfectly. I went to Bible college. I I learned all kinds of things. In these in these institutions, they never sought my healing that would have come through the love of the Father. They just sought to teach me things. They, they added information to my woundedness. They, they championed my self-loathing. So my, my the mission statements, my purpose statements in my life were things like, I'm a sinner saved by grace. God loves you, but doesn't like you. God might use you, but is too holy to want you. 
I'm going after him in my room as a 16, 17-year-old crying, writing him songs. There's sometimes when I, when I first started Providence and I was so desperate for him, I, I would get up as this before kids, I would get up as early as I possibly could. I remember one time the clock said 4.43 in the morning. I, I was used to getting up at five. I was like, that's soon enough. That's why I started drinking coffee. I didn't drink coffee because I liked it. I started drinking coffee because I was lovesick for Jesus and wanted to get up with him early. And sometimes in the morning, I would just lay on the ground in our kitchen in the form of a cross just to be as close to him as possible. I, was, I, I wanted him so bad, but there was things in my heart in my life that I just really felt like I'm not sure that he wants me as much as I want him. And tonight I want to tell you this. It's great if you want God. But you're one of God is not what is, what is making God want you. God wants you because he's good. He's coming after you because, because he's a pursuing God. He's a father who loves to chase prodigals down roads. And when prodigals come home, he runs to them and champions them, throws rings on his finger, their fingers, speaks identity over them, who they really are, not who they were trying to be. This is the heart of Christmas, guys. This is the heart of Christmas. It's realizing that he loves you not because you earned it. That he loves you not because you deserve it. He loves you not because you're worthy. He loves you because he is. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you. Let me tell you this, that you are not the worthless looking for value. You are the valuable in need of adoption. You hear this? You're valuable created in the image of God, and God is after you. That is his business, he's after you. Chasing you down roads, calling to you from distances. Here, maybe some of you are here today and you just came and you know what the, the God cry sounds like because you've been trying to resist that all your life. He's calling you because you were valuable. And he wants you home, not as a nobody nothing, but he wants to put a ring on your finger and tell you that you're a son. He wants to put a robe on your back and tell you that you're a daughter. He wants you as his own, as his kids. Do you know the book of John chapter one, speaking of what we're celebrating tonight, says this, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Light's invading darkness. That's what Jesus is doing this time of year. It's just Jesus. He's invading the dark. True light, which enlightens everyone's coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is Christmas, my friends. Are you in a dark place? The Father's goodness will light up every darkness you've got. And I don't care how dark it is. I don't care how dark it seems. I don't care how strong the lies uh, you know, pretend they are. The Father's love triumphs over every lie. This is the message of Christmas. This is the, the gift that I want. How about it? I just wonder here tonight if, uh, if so many of us, we, we're hoping for a, a Christmassy feeling. They're not bad. I, I like them. like some hot chocolate. like to stare at my wife, dressed all snuggly, you know. I love Christmas stuff, music on, Sinatra, whatever. But a Christmas feeling doesn't do jack in the long run, guys. 
really doesn't do anything. It does really nothing in the long run. And in the, the long run, you need Jesus and to be convinced of the Father's love or you're sunk forever. You're just sunk forever. And here tonight, I wonder if God is, he's literally, literally surprising you. You're being surprised that you're wanted by God. And you hear this, I'm almost done. I hear that the, the kids are rebelling now. I, I, that's okay. That's okay. Getting wound up. Hear this. You're wanted by God, and it's not just desire only. The way has been paved because of Jesus. He has paved your way, paid for everything that would keep you from the Father and, and his love. And you can know it through faith, receiving Jesus, receiving Jesus, do you, receiving Jesus, believing in his name. Amen? You like that? Yeah. You, you stoked about that? Huh? Good. Good, 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 good. Hey, right, right now, you don't have to leave this place uh, without, uh, if you want to be a son or a daughter of God, you, you can be right this instant. You can say, Jesus, I finally see you. You're not angry at me. You literally want me. You paid for me. I put my faith in you. All that other stuff, that was, that was, those were the chains. That was my blindness. I'm sorry. I want you. Come on. He runs to those prayers. Right now, you don't have to walk an aisle. You can be saved by faith right where you sit. Right where you sit. So, hey, just bow your head for a moment. Heavenly Father, right where we sit, if there's people that hear that, they want Jesus. They want to know Jesus. They, they believe that, that you are a loving Father that sent his only Son into the world to pay for our sins. God, we, 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 we want that. And I just pray for faith to rise to receive that right now. It's all over the room. Faith to rise to receive that. Just do what you do, Spirit. Holy Spirit, just wreck people with the love of the Father. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that this word will bring light to dark places, life to dead places, hope to desperate places, and heaven to earthly places.